Welcome to the Kook Center Podcast. And here's your host. We're going to be broadcasting from a hot tub full of scotch. Michael Preston. Why'd I do that with a pony? Why'd I try that with a pony? Don't try to chat with a pony. Welcome to the Kook Center Hour. <laughs> God. Um, you know, I'd, I'd been hoping my first show in the new West Seattle studios of the Kook Center Hour um, would be under better circumstances. You know, we usually start the show in August sometime around when football camp starts. Um, but I think the events of June the 30th, 2022, a day that I think we can safely say will live in infamy in the history of the Pacific 12 Conference, um, we needed to do a show today. Um, as you know, if you are listening to this show, and if you don't, um, I you somehow lived under a rock all day. On June 30th, um, USC and UCLA are leaving for the Big Ten uh, starting with the 2024 football season. Um, we're going to talk first kind of about what this means for, <clears throat> excuse me, about for college athletics overall. We'll get into what it means um, for Wazoo specifically and, and, I mean, kind of the rest of the conference or what's left of it. Um, as well later on. Um, I want to start out, though, just really quick off the top. Um, be very odious of what you believe and treat with some skepticism a lot of reporting in the next, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, however many days it is. Um, because a lot of information is flying very fast. That happened incredibly quickly today. I think we found out about this being a potential thing at 11 a.m. And then by 3 p.m., the Big Ten presidents had voted to admit USC and UCLA. So make sure you are treating everything with a suspicious eye. Like, for instance, if you see information coming from someone who shouldn't ordinarily have this information, maybe perhaps be a bit you know, reserved in whether you believe it or not. Now, this is coming from a guy who at first thought this was all leverage play from SC and UCLA, but clearly that's not the case. I do enjoy USC's president saying this is about aligning academically and athletically and blah, blah, blah. Just say it's about the money, which we'll get into here in a minute. Um, So let, we'll just start out with that, okay? Just treat everything a little skeptically. Um, if it's not coming from like a reporter... Um, at a well-known national media outlet, uh, and I'm only saying, I'm not saying smaller outlets can't break news. We've seen On3 really take off here in the last year, um, but it, it just, with stuff like this, you're typically going to want the folks that are a little better source. That's why John Wilner was the one to break the news, and then everybody that you would expect confirmed it after that. With that out of the way, um, I, I think as I sit here at 8.30 at night, doing this, um, I think what I'm left with 
today and, and, and now is, is just this overwhelming sense of sadness. You know, as if UT and OU leaving for the SEC in three years wasn't enough of a precursor and a vision into a future for college athletics. Um, this certainly is the, the wake-up call for anybody, including myself, who maybe thought um, Texas and Oklahoma were outliers in terms of bolting, for, in terms of being in what was ostensibly a very good conference, a member of the Power Five, and leaving um, for a different one. I'm left with just this overwhelming sense and I, I don't even think it's dread, really. I mean, I mean, I oscillated between so many things today. Um, but I, I just, it's just sad. You know, I, I think that we all, at some point, saw this coming. It wasn't necessarily the combination of SC and UCLA. Um, but at some point, you know, I, I, I think we. We all saw this coming. I just thought that maybe we had a little more time. Maybe I'm just sitting here like the person in a marriage who didn't know that the other person had a foot out the door already and wasn't really interested anymore. Um, but but I, I, I think I always saw it down the road. I just didn't know how fast the car was going. Um, I'm sad. You know, as much as I've advocated for NIL here and on social media and on Kook Center in the past, and I still inherently think it's a good thing um, once some guardrails can be put up, make no mistake, this is not about that. This is about these schools seeing opportunity to make a metric ton of money. USC and UCLA saw an opportunity here to do what they needed to do to ensure their financial security and future. And that was jumping to a much more competent conference that is going to sign an absolutely mind-bogglingly large TV deal, um, especially now that they are both in it. I'm going to say this to UCLA fans, especially now that USC football is in it. That was the big brand on the West Coast. No matter how kind of middling they've been for the last 10 years, no matter how good Oregon has been over that t same time span, no matter how many college football playoffs uh, Washington has been, by comparison to SC, which is one to nothing, um, it didn't matter. SC is the brand. They're in LA. They're in the market on this coast. And it, it's so funny because you, in, in life you're caught up in you know, so many contradictory moments where your feelings on some things don't necessarily mesh with your feelings on other things. One of my favorite things to say to people who, you know, are thinking about leaving a job, who are thinking about, um, you know, some big career change or some, you know, a, a move or some big life decision. And they're worried about, you know, well, what if I leave my team at, you know, employer X in the lurch or, you know, my friends who will miss me, you know, here. And the thing I always say, I always, always say is always look out. The first thing, my number one rule, always look out for number one. For me, that's me, my wife, my daughter. For you, that might be you, your wife, or you, your husband, your kids, your pets, whomever. It, it doesn't matter. Or just yourself. 
Always look out for number one. Because when the time comes, that job, they'll cut you loose if they need to. Those friends you may lose touch with and you'll regret not making the move. Whatever it is, always look out for number one. And today I found myself asking, why would they ever do that to us? Can you believe what they've done to us? The first thing in my mind was not USC and UCLA were looking out for number one. And I, that's, you know, it's just one of life's little eccentricities and foibles where because we're human, we, we think one way about one thing and then when we're on the receiving end of it, we think the other way. But this is that shift towards college sports and especially college football being a business. I think it has always obviously been coming down the road. We've all seen coaching salaries. We've all seen how much money is spent on stadium renovations and benefits for players prior to NIL becoming a thing. We've all seen these things. We've all seen how much money flows freely through college athletics, especially football. Um, I, I think it's just a little disheartening to really and finally see it here. And again, maybe I should have a year ago when Oklahoma and Texas made that choice to bolt. Um, but it's also probably a little bit different when it happens to you. I mean, we're talking about a century's worth of tradition in this conference, and it's just gone. It's just gone, man. A hundred plus years of playing in the PCC, the AAWU, the Pac-8, the Pac-10, the Pac-12, and it's, it's all just gone at this point, or will be soon. And... I, I guess that's what I'm most sad about. I think Bomani Jones put it a really good way today is that this is kind of the death of college athletics in the way that, you know, it always used to be this regional interest and rivalries mattered and, and regionality mattered and geography mattered. It all really and truly mattered in college athletics. And now it just doesn't because the closest bloody team to USC and UCLA is an Iowa or Minnesota. I don't know which one is closer as the crow flies, but either or Nebraska rather. But either way, I mean, it, it is truly a coast to coast conference with Rutgers and the LA schools now. And what doesn't matter anymore is just that you know you're not going to have the traditions. You're not going to have any of that moving forward. And change is always. Frightening, and I think that's part of why I'm so sad today is because I re and, and if anybody tells you where they really and truly know where this is headed, I a no <laughs> and b, I mean, yeah, maybe you're sitting there wondering, well, then, Michael, why am I listening to you? And I, I kind of view this also as just a catharsis for all of us, but it's basically to try and maybe I'm also trying to justify it and kind of talk my way through. And put guards up and protect myself and protect my feelings, you know. Um, but, but you know, again, going back to does anybody know where this is going? No, because at 10 a.m. today, I woke up with USC and UCLA as members of the Pac-12 conference. And I'm going to bed without them, effectively. And, and, and who would have seen those two schools going to the Big Ten? No one. Absolutely nobody. 
no one would have seen. No one did see it coming. Oregon and UW and everybody else in this conference had no idea until you and I did. I mean, maybe they got a cursory 10-15 minute warning. But nobody knew. And so to say that after this you know what's going to happen is just, it, it's not the case. But what I do know is that change is frightening. And especially, especially when it comes to this. Because I, I don't know what's going to happen. I know that the Big Ten TV deal is going to be absurd. I know the SEC's next TV deal is going to be absurd. I know that at some point, you know, those big schools are going to want to continue to put room between them and the have-nots to continue to guarantee themselves more and more and more and more and more money. Because that's really what this all comes down to. Carol Fult and I, is it Gene Block still at UCLA? I don't care. They can say whatever they want to about academically aligning and better experiences for students and student-athletes. Blah, 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 blah. I don't give a damn. It's all about cash. And I get it. What did I say earlier? You always look out for number one. So from that standpoint, I get this. I don't like it. I, you know what? I will put the explicit warning on it. I fucking hate it. I really fucking hate it. A lot. And again, this is with the shoe on the other foot. This is being the guy who's on the receiving end of somebody looking out for number one. That now everything that has been for a hundred plus years will no longer be. And you've heard you've heard us say this before is that, the further down the line we get, and we'll kind of transition to this in a minute, but the more worrisome this is for WSU, OSU, schools like that. Okay? To kind of put a bow on this, this is probably not the last domino to fall. And again, I know what I said earlier that nobody really knows what's going to happen, and I'm trying to be as unspecific as possible here, but what I mean by that is this is probably not the last bad thing that's going to happen. And not necessarily to the Pac-12, not necessarily to the Big 12, not necessarily to the Mountain West, not necessarily to the ACC, whomever. That th this is going to keep going. At, and at whatever pace it is, but remember, these TV deals are coming up soon. And so things need to be relatively settled by the time these TV deals are ready to be renewed. So, and I believe it, the Pac-12s is up for renewal after, not this football season, but the one after. So, you better believe that whatever the path forward is, had better be established by then, or at least in the pretty near future. Because TV partners are going to want assurances. Now, granted, there's always languages and contracts allowed for teams changing and whatever, but... Your TV partners are going to want assurances. And Lord knows that... Here's, here's, here's the other thing. I'm kind of thinking on my feet here. Is when Fox, who inevitably had a, a lot to do with this deal. 
Fox does this. They pay a lot for the Big Ten rights. You don't think they're going to save some money on the Pac-12 now? Or you don't think the Pac-12, depending on what happens, is less interesting to potentially some other partners now they can save some money on the other end too, even though they're spending more with the Big Ten? It behooves them in two ways here. Same goes for ESPN, whomever would hold the rights, whatever it is. I don't even know at this point. This is a very tough day to love college sports. A day I think that we always kind of knew was coming, but didn't want to admit that we knew it. We're going to take a quick break. I cussed, I chugged beer, I got introspective. What more could we do after that? Well, why don't we find out right after some words for some folks you should buy stuff from so I can go buy stuff too. Okay, we're back. Hold on, I'm going to a little more happy juice here. I know, I know, I could drink this at the break, but it's funnier if I'm doing it now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah. I really like Bodie. It's not even an ad for Georgetown. You guys should all just drink Bodie. Um, okay. <laughs> Remember when I said earlier, if somebody tells you they know where the conference is going from here, do not believe them? <laughs> well... <laughs> Here's maybe where the conference will go from here. <laughs> I, I I think you know you're you're here ostensibly because you're a Washington State University fan, and so I I understand feeling pretty despondent and pretty disappointed after today. I'm I'm again I'm kind of left with just this overarching sadness and everything else. I don't feel good. Today, I don't feel secure in the future. Um, you know, I think Jeff's put it really well a couple of times, both on the podcast and in writing. I think for a long time, WSU should consider themselves lucky they've been in the Pac-12. Um, you know, especially if the school split in the 50s. Um, Idaho went one way, we went another, and I think we've all seen what happened there. So, um we should be considered very lucky to be in the position we're in. Um, and I, I certainly don't want to give that up. Um, so I, I think there are a few ways this can go. And again, this is me saying I don't know. But this is me just kind of thought exercising less than 24 hours later the ways in which it could go. I'm not even going to assign a possibility to all this. Um, because I, I, again, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I think that everybody kind of wants to think these things through, um, and we should do that. Uh, so I, I, it's, it's odd because, and again, I think you need to treat with skepticism, any reports of anything. We saw like Oregon and UW making presentations today, like flying around all over the place. And I, and I just read, I mean, A, I told you about, you know, be aware of it. Um, it's the last day of the fiscal year. And oh, by the way, Kevin Warren apparently is at L- Wimbledon. The Big Ten commissioner is in London. So yeah. <laughs> just It's not going to happen. If these schools had no idea this was going on, it's not going to happen that fast. Um, I think it also behooves everybody that is going to be left. And, and what, what I'm now going to call the Big or the Pac-10, that just feels right to say. But I don't know. I just, God, I love Pac-10. Um, everybody that's left in the Pac-10 to kind of stand pat and slow down for a week or two. 
Um, we're going into a long holiday weekend. Lord knows everybody's going to be checked out tomorrow as it is anyway. Um, but it kind of behooves everybody to do this and not do anything rash. Um, especially if you're UW in Oregon. Because if you do go to the Big t- Ten and ask to be admitted and you're denied, then all of a sudden the Pac-10 has bargaining power over you. And they they know that you're not wanted by the Big Ten. So especially if you're them, it probably behooves of you to stay put, especially considering you both just hired a football coach. Okay, so not great timing um, as far as they're concerned. So I want to start out with that. It probably, again, is advantageous for everybody to slow down, pump the brakes, and talk for a little bit. The first and most intriguing option to me, and why it would have been very helpful for USC and UCLA to have made this announcement months ago, or to have taken care of this months ago, but I suppose they don't pay an exit fee if they leave today, is that you simply just merge with the Big 12, okay? And create what would now be a 22-team super conference, um, assuming that that is kind of where all of this is going anyway, what you basically get out of it is the power five just becomes the power four. And I think there are advantages. Obviously, having 22 teams is going to be attractive to any rights partner. Um, a lot of very big brands um, within that. Um, you know, you got Oregon, you've got Washington, you've got Stanford, you've got... Um, Kansas basketball, you've got Iowa State football to an extent, you've got, I mean, you've got Baylor basketball, you got all kinds of basketball teams in the Big 12. Um, you have a big national following in BYU, and by the way, we probably at this point need to drop the whole no religion and no, <laughs> like, no, uh, no great academics thing, because that's just not the road you want to go down if you're, you're not going to live if you want to stay together, okay? That's, that's just... If Stanford's going to sit here and say, well, they need to have really strong academics. That's, I don't know why I did that voice either. The, if, if they're going to sit here and say that or there needs to be no religion, then it's all just going to fall apart. And the Pac-10 is going to get picked to death. And we're going to be left sitting here with the violin while the ship goes down. Okay, So I think that's option. That's one option. I think it's the best option for everybody. I think it works out well now. For football, you're pretty much just going to play within your own conferences. Maybe toss a bone over to, you know, maybe the Big 12 tosses somebody over to the Pac-10 to play football or they cross schedule or whatever it is. And then you can determine a conference champion by who wins each conference in a, in a given year, They, you know, or, or whatever. Or you come up with some kind of football scheduling agreement where you play eight games within your conference, and then crossover for two every year. Now, granted, you would basically never see a team in the Big 12, but it's at least somewhat interesting from that standpoint. The second option is, and again, I don't know how much leverage you have here if you're WSU. So this kind of this kind of seems like a low leverage play to me, but it would also be more attractive than the one I'm going to propose after this. And that is that you try to pick off some Big 12 teams. Okay, they have a brand new commissioner. I think there are good candidates in there. We've talked we've talked about this on this show before. You have Kansas, you have Iowa State, you have Texas Tech. Okay, you can avoid 
Baylor, if you really want to, you can avoid the religious schools if you want and, and you know, stick relatively close to your, the need to be good academically thing. Okay. You can still pick off a, t- a few teams from the Big 12. Now, granted, I don't know how much negotiating power you're going to have there. They also did just add BYU, UCF, Memphis, and Houston. So maybe you do that. You could even pick off Houston or one of the ones they just, you'd probably add them if you added anybody. And again, this is just me spitballing here. I, can, I don't know for sure if it's going to happen. But that is another option. I, I think it's low leverage, though, because you're in a vulnerable position. The Big 12 was as well after Texas and Oklahoma left. And they added some good teams. Um, but I think right now, and that's also importantly why it's very important to appear united, stand pat, and slow down for a while. Okay, That's what the Big 12 did. They slowed down, and then they were able to add some schools through negotiating with them. Okay, so I think that's probably important. I, again, I don't think it's as likely of, as what I'm going to suggest next, which, and again, this is the the least appealing of the three of the four best the three of the four of the three best options I can think of, and that is that you add some Mountain West schools. Okay, you you add probably, and again, this is why I'm talking about dropping the requirements for academics. You add San Diego State. You add Boise State. Boise State is very not good academically, but it what what you need is good football properties. San Diego State is pretty good at football. It gives you a decent media market. They're very good at basketball. You add UNLV to capture the Vegas market, and then you add and this is this is a little weird, but you add Air Force. You add a military academy um, to your conference. Okay. I don't think Nevada Reno makes a lot of sense because you probably don't want two teams in that state and there's not really another team in that conference besides, you know, the three I already mentioned um, other than Air Force which makes a ton of sense. Maybe New Mexico, but again, I we're talking about really scraping the bottom of the barrel and you can, you know, we're adding a service academy, you can do that. But again, that's the least attractive I think of the three best options right now. Um and, and I think if you can, you know, number one is obviously I think the best because that's probably where college athletics is going anyway. But in the interim, if you can do it, number two of poaching some Big 12 teams is going to serve you best. The, the fourth and the most frightening option um, is that the Pac-12 is just picked apart to death. Um... And Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, Utah go to the Big 12. UW and Oregon find a home, whether it's the Big 10 or wherever. Um, Stanford disappears to go independent or do whatever they want because they're Stanford and they don't really care about athletics anyway. And Cal, Oregon State, and WSU are kind of left holding the bag. And they need to jump down to the Mountain West. And that's kind of where I get into the situation of what I talked about earlier when I say change is scary. And it's that, and also going back to, you know, Wazoo should be very lucky to have been in the Pac-12 for so long. We have a long-standing tradition, the academics that go along with it, the rivalries that go along with it. Um, 
but but this is the least attractive option. And I think you you can doomsday that out. You can doom scroll it, um, <clears throat> you know, all you want. Um, I want to acknowledge it as a real possibility. I don't want it to be. Um, you know, again, guarding my heart. Um, I don't want it to be. Um, but the, the, we we have to acknowledge that there's a real chance um, of that happening. And the money would dry up a little bit. There would be other um, non-athletics problems related to that. Enrollment, for one thing, um, would be a concern. Um, But also just, I don't don't know that I would be as passionate um, about Washington State athletics anymore. And that that really kills me to say. Um, It, it, it's been a huge part of my life for for so long, and and I and I don't want it to ever get to that point. And I'm frightened to say, and it scares me to say that I it could. Um, and that's you know again going back to what I said earlier about change is scary. That would be would be a lot of change. Inevitably, over the years, new rivalries would spark up, and you know you would be you would still hold your interest. Um, but I don't know that it would ever be the same as it was before. And that's what's frightening to me. And why I hope that no one else in this conference goes and makes a rash choice. Um, because I actually do think that the University of Washington, University of Oregon view there as being value of their land grant brothers um being with them i think their state legislatures view it as such um and that they would want and hopefully want to stick together i get why they might not um but that last option is is (laughs) is frightening it's very scary um, it means loss of jobs. It means sports cuts. It means attendance drops. It means a lot of stuff. Um, it means Wazoo getting left behind. And that's pretty scary to consider. It doesn't mean dropping down to FCS and going to the big sky, but it, it, it means that we're not playing Power 5 sports anymore. And that really sucks. Really stinks. So I'm hoping for the other three. Number one's the best. Number two is a low leverage but high gain play. Um, number three, if you had to ask me right now, seems like the most likely outcome. Um, and number four is the most frightening. So let's just hope that for Butch's sake, um, it never comes to pass because I, I I don't I don't want to think about it doing that I I, I really don't that it, it just yeah so uh, let's play the fight song we took a couple of ask Michael anything questions we'll answer those um, let's let's listen to the fight song and be joyful for a couple of seconds then we'll do ask Michael anything real quick.
ask Michael anything. Ask Michael anything. Didn't even have to be related to today. And I, I kind of like, I like all the questions as I usually do, but I kind of like the ones we got that uh, weren't. Um, at Ryan Callie 18, Ryan Callahan, bigger Mountain West, Mountain West rival, Oregon State or Boise State? There are a few questions in here. Um, I'd probably go, ooh, you know what? That'd be. I think it'd be pretty intense between Boise and Wazoo. I, I would. I, I I appreciate how testy Oregon State Wazoo has gotten recently because of their inability to beat us. Um, best Mountain West away trip fan, uh, fan wise, factoring in location, fun facilities, and cost. Hawaii, San Diego, or Vegas? I know you love a Vegas, so try to be unbiased. Um, man, if I had fact, I mean, God, if you, I mean, we're including costs, so probably not Hawaii, and they're playing in that high school stadium for a few years at least. If I'm being unbiased, uh, yeah, I, I, San Diego would probably have to be it, right? I mean, maybe like San Jose if you find some other stuff to do in the Bay Area. I always have a soft spot for Reno, too. And I've been to Mackey Stadium. It's got stands. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, what's the worst Mountain West trip? Um, man, I don't know. Is Fort Collins nice? I have no idea. Albuquerque's like high elevation. Too, although the food's probably really good. I don't want to crap on Wyoming. That's that's too easy. So, uh, I mean, how much is there to do in Boise? That's all I want. <laughs> I don't know how much is there to do there. Uh, at Mr. Tommy G, man, Tom G. Lanella, who's the best Pac-12 expansion candidate, and why is it Evergreen State? Go Gooey Ducks. Uh, at T Claus 33, Tyler Claus, should we adjust the dimensions of Giza Field and just play for the Grey Cup in the CFL? I would love, I love the CFL because you can score a point. I think it's like if you return a, is it a missed kick out of the end zone or a, or even a made one? I think you can, you get a point for that. That's so dope. At WSU Brady 27, GFC. More timely care package than what Totes McStow sent a couple weeks ago. Wonder why these are on sale. And it's a photo of just the 100th anniversary Pac-12 logo with just Pac-12 branded stuff. Good God. Oh, man. Uh, from Totes McStow's Eric, what's the best dip guac salsa to pair with tortilla chips? And a follow-up of best tortilla chips. Uh, best tortilla chips, I usually go with Juanita's. Um, those are really, really good. I also found, and I don't remember the name of them, but, uh, at the grocery store the other week, it's like, this is like chili lime flavored. It's like from a local company and they make chips really good too. Um, best dip guac salsa to pair with tortilla chips. I always like a, I think pico de gallo, lots of fresh lime in there for me. Lots of fresh cilantro for me. I really like, um, and then in terms of dips, actually, there's a really good, um, Believe it or not, and I, I know this sounds weird, jalapeno and kale dip at the Thriftway in West Seattle. If you guys live near West Seattle, the Thriftway, which is now just very, very close to our house, um, they do like homemade dips, and and I could I could just like gobble this stuff up. I could just like spread it on sandwiches. It's so good. Um, I don't know when we're gonna have another show. Stuff's bound to go down. We're bound to talk about it. Thank you for listening. I hope you're not as doom and gloomy as you were this morning, afternoon. I don't know if I am, but talking helped. And I hope listening did too. So we'll chat with you next time on the Kook Center Hour.